This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's latest best-selling book, The Vision Driven Leader. Order your copy for free bonuses today at leadto.win slash vision. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today we're going to dispel the myth that you can't afford to take time off during the pandemic. We're going to show you how to have your most rejuvenating vacation ever. Yes, even during COVID. (laughs) Sounds like a big promise. But the truth is that a lot of leaders are running on fumes right now. We've been dealing with this pandemic, after all, for about five months and uncertainty. And then there was some anxiety and then hope. And then I think we've all kind of settled into a little bit of frustration that just won't seem to go away. And for many businesses, you know, the climate is still really uncertain. It can feel impossible to take time off. I've heard so many people say that lately. And even if you do, where the heck are you going to go? There's no place to run, right? This is a recipe for burnout. And so that's really what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, that's absolutely the truth. And that's why it's important to take vacations and even staycations. It's necessary to provide good self-care, especially now. And today we've got four steps to the best staycation ever. And like you said, Megan, that's a big promise, but we're going to try to deliver and we're going to bring Larry in to help us walk through that conversation. Hey, Larry. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. great. Glad to have you here. Well, it is good to have everybody back together, especially since, Michael, I know that you have just come back from your sabbatical experience, so four weeks away from business. Uh, was it four weeks totally, totally away? Totally, totally away, all except for a few minutes. I think I had one brief conversation with Megan, and I talked to our head of customer service for about three minutes about an issue. And that was it. I mean, the rest Pretty of the good. time. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about work. I wasn't talking about work. I wasn't doing any work. I wasn't reading about work. It was glorious. So what were you doing? Well, that's a good question. So uh, because it was a staycation, which is unusual, by the way, this was my 10th annual 30 day vacation. Wow. So I've done this for 10 years in a row. This was the 10 year anniversary. So I've been doing this for a decade and I've gotten better at it over time. When I first started I didn't. You know, I did some work on on my, quote, sabbatical, but now I don't do any at all. So again, I've gotten better at it. But this time, you know, I spent a lot of time with family, with friends, long conversations, you know, drinking some wine, having some meals together. Um, in addition to that, I actually got my certification in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, because I always like to do something that along the lines of personal development. And so I spent several hours going through videos and doing exercises. And that was a lot of fun. It was something I always wanted to do and was able to do it this time. And then uh, the last weekend for three days, I took uh, three of my sons-in-law and then one boyfriend of another daughter to on a fly fishing trip to East Tennessee. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And we did that for three days and had some great, great conversations. So I came back Totally rejuvenated, recharged, rested, which I did a lot of sleeping, a lot of napping, and I was ready to go. Well, of course, no sabbatical would be complete for you without fishing, which I feel the same way. (laughs) So you got that part in, which is really important. Oh, my only, my only regret is I wished I'd, I'd done more of it, but 
you know, there's more fishing in my future. That's right. Well, and the cool thing is you weren't the only person who took off during that time because we actually had four Michael Hyde and company employees who also had a four-week sabbatical during that time. If you followed us for any length of time, you probably have heard us talk about the fact that that's one of the benefits we offer, a one-month sabbatical every three years for our employees. So people really look forward to that. And it was so fun to hear kind of what people uh, enjoyed about their time away. And pretty much everybody uh, stayed put. You know, these were all staycations. In fact, in June and July, we collectively took 187 days off as a company, which is about one full week per person, which is pretty amazing during this time. Um, That's over 37 weeks. Collectively, we have about 38 full-time employees. And best of all, our productivity never missed a beat. Our team is feeling rejuvenated and cared for. And we not only uh, were able to, you know, give ourselves time off, but I think that coming back from that, um, we really feel like it's essential for what we have planned in the fall and beyond. You know, this has been a tough year for for all of us at different levels. And I think rejuvenation is needed now more than ever to perform at our highest level. I also want to say that those sabbaticals are paid. Yes, uh, good point. I often get asked that question when I talk about that. People say, oh, well, you give people t- time off, but do you pay them? Right. Absolutely, we pay them. We don't want them to think about it or for that to cost them anything. We don't pay for any travel that they do, to be clear, but we pay for their their regular salaries during that time. So, yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of going on strike over that travel pay issue. <laughs> that would be next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Michael and Megan, you – you talk all the time, especially on Lead to Win, about the value of time off. And I don't know if you've seen some of the news lately that a number of CEOs, especially in the tech sector, have been mandating time off for their employees mm. uh, because with the confinement starting out back in the spring, sort of the long slog we've all been in with the uh, pandemic, they had just been fearing burnout. So uh, actually going around to employees and saying, okay, uh, which week in July are you taking off? Mm-hmm. And I won't take no for an answer. You haven't quite done that, but it's been close. It's been close. In fact, the, at the very beginning of the pandemic, we actually asked people to postpone uh, time off. You know, So for about six weeks, maybe eight, I can't quite remember exactly, we had kind of a, a, a PTO freeze for a minute. But what we quickly realized is that we were going to need to make sure if we were going to play the long game in a really challenging year, psychologically, emotionally, everything else, that people we're going to have to be rejuvenated. And so what I actually did was I went to my HR director and I said, hey, give me a report of what every person on the team has taken in terms of PTO year to date. And we just prioritized people that had taken the least because it was, if you remember, the pandemic hit right around spring break. So some people went on a vacation right before and some people didn't get to take that vacation and just hadn't really taken hardly any vacation yet in the year. So we just systematically worked through that. And I feel like we're at a really good place now, but it was very intentional on our part. Well, I was fortunate to be one of the early spring breakers and got to watch a little spring training baseball. I That's may right, have been, you did. I may have been the last person to see a live baseball game yeah. in 2020. You barely so, made it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to say I had to cancel mine. And so when it came to my sabbatical, that was the first time off I had taken all year, which is very, very unusual for me. But boy, did I need it. And if I'm feeling the need for it, I know that my teammates are feeling the need for it. And I think a lot of a lot of business owners, a lot of leaders think, I can't afford to take a vacation. 
But that's really a mindset issue. You know, you got to get to the place where you say, I can't afford not to. I'm going to be more creative, more focused, more productive if I give myself ample time for rest and rejuvenation. As for the idea that staycations are boring, guys, that's a limiting belief. You can get the rejuvenation you need. You just got to be creative. And we're going to show you how in this podcast episode. So today we're saying that every leader can enjoy a rejuvenating vacation, even during the pandemic, even if it's a staycation, by following four simple steps. So let's get to them. Step one, state the outcome you're looking for. So Larry, this is a variation of Stephen Covey's mantra to begin with the end in mind. So I've hijacked this or appropriated it to myself in the book that I wrote with Daniel Harkavy, Living Forward, when it comes to your life plan, you know, fast forward to the end of your life, say, you know, how you want it to be, and then reverse engineer it so that you create the life you want. Same thing when it comes to your business. And in my book, The Vision Driven Leader, I advocate for the same thing. Talk about what you want the business to look like three to five years from now. But the same thing is true when it comes to your staycation or your vacation. And that is everything begins with intentionality. So first, describe your ideal staycation. What do you want to be true at the end of this vacation? How do you want to feel emotionally, physically, relationally? And describe the kinds of activities that you're looking forward to. So for example, we have a tool called the Vacation Optimizer. Think of it in this context as the Staycation Optimizer. But here's what I I said And this is what I literally wrote down. And it's amazing how when you write things down that you get greater clarity. So I said, writing it as if if it were in the past tense. In fact, I was explaining to Gail how to do this. And I said, look, when you come back from our our sabbatical, people are going to ask you how it was. And we both know because we've done this years in a row now that really basically what they want is a one paragraph summary and they want to get on with it. They don't want to see the slides. You know, they want to see the photos. They just want a summary. So if you're going to give that summary, what would it be? So- Here's what I said, just a short paragraph. I said, I really got caught up on my rest. I slept at least eight hours every night and took a nap every day. I got certified in NLP, something I've been wanting to do forever. I got rid of a bunch of tech equipment and organized what I had left. I finished upgrading the video studio in my house. I took my sons-in-law fishing on the Clinch River in uh, Knoxville. All in all, it was a fabulous sabbatical. I encourage you to do this too. We have this in the vacation optimizer, but to try to summarize what you want out of your vacation in three words. So my three words were rest, learning, and play. Guys listening, if you want that vacation optimizer, grab your free copy at lead2.win slash vacation, lead2.win slash vacation. Well, I think this is really important, Dad, what you're talking about, because Everybody has had a terrible experience of a staycation. You know, we could probably uh, count them, you know, just right off the top of our head, all the ways it could go wrong. And so being intentional on the front end, I mean, this is true for any kind of vacation, but especially a a staycation because there's so much pull to kind of just get right in the drift either of work or of uh, chores, you know, and, and kind of get to the end of it and feel like, you didn't get what you needed out of the vacation, which is a terrible feeling. No, that's right. I think that's why you've got to be clear on the front end, kind of what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow. And, you know, I was just thinking as I was reading it, some people may think that, you know, me 
kind of organizing my tech equipment or whatever, getting rid of it. You know, how could that be a staycation activity? Well, actually, and this is not going to be true for everybody, but organizing is a rejuvenating activity for me and getting rid of clutter. And that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that. Some of it I delegated, but it was, it was great to have that done and to get through that during my staycation. Well, I really enjoy that, but oftentimes I try to rope Joel into my home projects when we have a staycation, and we have an agreement now. <laughs> this is very important. We have an agreement now that staycation home projects are not allowed. You know that that is a recipe not for an ideal staycation, but for a disaster for him. So we've kind of had to find a compromise for that. So occasionally I'll do something that I can do on my own. But for example, if I wanted to like you know reorganize a garage, the projects that would that would take both of us, you know, that's a no go. <laughs> well, and I think uh, we should point out there's no right or wrong answer here. It's that's just right. important to negotiate it and come up with something that's intentional. In fact, I don't care what you do on your vacation or your staycation, as long as it's intentional and you don't just drift back to work. That's like the worst. It is. One of the things that I think is a secret to success for you and that you've really taught all of us within the company um, to, to kind of take this to the next level is to do this with your spouse or if you're going on vacation with somebody else um, to each create a vacation optimizer and then to talk about it together so that you're able to help each other accomplish what you really need out of the vacation. For example, if I had, you know, all these home projects on my optimizer and Joel had the opposite, it be great to reconcile that before we were in the middle of the vacation. Um, and on the flip side, if I really wanted to go to bed early, it would be great for Joel to know that because he could help support that and we could kind of work together to make sure I got the rest I needed. Or in his case, he might want to do a lot of reading or something like that. And if I overplanned, that might be hard for him. So I think you can really take this to the next level by um, looping your partner into the conversation and it can be really helpful. Yes. Well, regardless of what you do, the key is to take the time. And I don't know if it will surprise you or not to learn that uh, since 2015, the number of days Americans take off work has been falling. For 25 years, it was around 20 days a year on average. And since 2000, it's been dropping. And uh, it's now about 16 days off on average. According to the U.S. Travel Association, Project Time Off, would you believe 52% of Americans do not use all their vacation time? Yeah. No, I, I believe it. I mean, that was, that was certainly my experience in corporate America, where I had some people that would never use all their paid time off. And I tried everything. I tried threatening them. We tried making those days go away. They couldn't carry them over. But some people just, I mean, I, I remember one guy in particular he never, never, ever took a vacation, and then he ended up in the hospital. And even then, it was all we could do to keep him. I mean, he was deathly ill, but he, at that time, he was on a BlackBerry, but he just, he wanted to keep working. It's like, dude, chill out. I mean, I don't know if it comes from a place of fear, you know, where people feel like, oh my gosh, people will realize that they can get along without me. Mm -hmm. But frankly, I look at it as the opposite. If, if the role that you're in, if you can't step away from that and it can continue to run without your constant intervention, you're doing it wrong. You know, you've got to do it in a different way. It's just, it's important for succession within your company, for stability, for continuity. So I think it's a good exercise to get everybody out of the office, you know, on, on their vacations. It stress tests, stress tests the business. Well, to your point, Michael, that same a study by Project Time Off uh, reports that um, 
employees who do take all their time off are more likely to be thought of as competent and productive by their managers. So it actually has a positive effect. Well, that's good to hear. People need to know that. So step one is to state the outcome you're looking for. And step two, get in touch with your why. Yeah, this is really important. We talk about this in so many different contexts, whether it's goal setting or vision or whatever, but it's equally true here um, because I think oftentimes we're unaware of our true motivations and we don't really uh, match our activities to our deepest desires and needs. And I think when we become aware of that, we can tailor make a vacation that helps to meet the needs that we really have. Also, one of the things that's been uh, super helpful for me, and this is part of the vacation optimizer, is understanding what's at stake in taking this vacation. Because so often, you know, we have this little conversation in our head about, well, it doesn't really matter if I, you know, can't go out to the beach with a kids today. And, you know, instead, I'm going to sit inside and and work on this report that, you know, my boss asked me for or that the investors want to see. Um, the problem is, is, is that there's a real loss on the other side of that. And this is even easier to talk yourself into if you're staycationing rather than going away somewhere where you've made a big investment in the vacation and, and all of that. Um, but getting in touch with what's at stake if you do take the vacation and what's at stake if you don't can be very helpful in uh, keeping you on track with your intentions during the time that you're away. And I like to use three questions here as you're thinking through this. Number one, why does this vacation matter to me? And this would be a great topic for a date night with your spouse or a friend that you're traveling with uh, prior to leaving or, you know, staycationing in this case. Uh, What will this vacation mean for my life? And what will I lose if I don't do this? And that's the one for me that tends to be kind of um, a gut punch in a good way. You know, it really reorients me to the fact that I, I need rest and burnout is the consequence of not doing this, that my kids need my undivided attention. Joel needs my undivided attention. I need to refuel if I'm going to make my greatest contribution to the business as a leader. So um, just going through this helps you be intentional and on purpose and very focused on uh, not just what you want to create, but why you want to create it in the context of your staycation. Could I just share from my vacation optimizer what I wrote down? Yeah. This is a little bit vulnerable, but I think it'd be valuable for people to see how vulnerable we try to get on this. So this is the vacation rationale. So why does this vacation matter to you? And this is what I wrote. I've only had two days of vacation so far this year. With COVID-19, the economic downturn, and the racial unrest, I've been under a lot of stress. I felt on the edge of burnout and depression for about two months. The business has performed amazingly well, but we've had to pivot more than once. During the first two weeks of the pandemic, it was all hands on deck. Things have settled down, and we have more cash on hand than ever before. Still, those first few weeks took their toll. So that's my first rationale. Then, Megan, to your second question, you know, how will it benefit you if you take it? I said, well, it will restore my soul. It'll rejuvenate me and give me the stamina I need to finish the year strong. By the way, these are a series of bullets. And then third, it will give me perspective, something I think I've somewhat lost. And then how will it harm you if you don't? I said, I risk getting burned out and or depressed, and I risk developing health problems. Hmm. So I want a big why, so I stay focused on the task at hand, which is rejuvenation. It's really good. 
And I'd like to thank you, Michael, for sharing that, because uh, having been in leadership positions, being the senior leader in some organizations, I realize how much weight you carry. And there are probably a lot of leaders out there thinking, I just can't afford to do this. And uh, you're sharing that helps us see, man, you can't afford not to. So true. Let's get to step three in planning a rejuvenating vacation or staycation. Plan your rejuvenation. Yeah, this is important for any vacation, but it's vital for a staycation because the activities that are going to rejuvenate you may not be quite as obvious and maybe you feel like you don't have as many options. And again, I think so often that's a limiting belief or a failure of imagination, but you've got to be intentional so this time actually produces your rejuvenation. So here's a tip. Think about life domains, not dream destinations. Let me say that again. Think about life domains, not dream destinations. So for example, what does rest look like on this vacation? How will you exercise? You know, walk, hike, local options. What will you do to relax or just for fun? What do you want to eat? Where? With whom? What relationships will you invest in? What else do you need to achieve your vision for rejuvenation? So on my vacation optimizer, I literally had a list of options, like a menu almost, of all the things I wanted to do in, I had uh, six different categories, sleep, eat, move, connect, relax, learn, and then I just had another category. And then I crossed these off as I went through my vacation as I did them. So I had all these restaurants, for example, that I wanted to try while we were out because I thought, you know, we can't travel someplace, but we can eat out and I don't want the burden of meal preparation to be on Gale. So let's just eat out more than usual. So what are some restaurants that we've been hearing about that we want to try? So I made just a laundry list and boy, I started to get super excited as I did that. Same thing with relationships. What are the, what are the people, who are the people that I want to see that maybe I've had them on my list for a couple of months, but have never gotten around to getting with them. How could I do that during this staycation, this downtime since I'm in town anyway? So that was a lot of fun just to come up with the list. But you may major on one domain, but a great vacation usually touches all these different bases. And again, think about life domains, not dream destinations. Michael, when I hear you talk that way, that that's my ideal for a vacation is to make a list and check everything off it. What a feeling of <laughs> completion. But, you know, a lot of people come into this so low on, on fuel that they're just, their dream vacation is just a crash. Uh, is, is it okay to go into your time off with really no plan at all? Just my plan is I'm going to sleep? Well, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but you might have to get that sleep before you can plan the rest of your vacation. Uh, I can tell you that about 10 years into my career, Gail and I went to Hawaii on a vacation. And I literally slept over 24 hours. I don't know how I did it, but Gail started to get nervous, wondered if there was something wrong with me, but I was so exhausted that it took that for me to get rested. I mean, I couldn't sleep that long today if I tried, but, uh, but it was good. And I had a completely different frame of reference, a different mindset. I was in a completely different place after that rest. So yeah, you might need to get a little rest before you can really plan and dream about the future. And that's fine. But just, I would not advise just drifting through the rest of the vacation. Not a good idea. So that was step three, 
plan your rejuvenation. And that brings us to the fourth and final step, plan for your absence. Yeah, I think this is important because there can be a lot of anxiety about, you know, how's it going to work while I'm gone? You know, what, what's that going to be like and what balls might get dropped? And so you really want to plan for it so that you can take time off and be truly unplugged. One of the things that I've found is that a lot of work emergencies are things that could have been foreseen, you know, if I had thought about it in advance, but I just didn't. So what I find is helpful to do is list my current projects or tasks uh, and then either do them, defer them to someone else, or, r- or rather defer them until later or delegate them to someone else. They, they have to go somewhere. You know, they can't just kind of be in suspended animation where I'm leaving people hanging. And uh, another kind of helpful tip here is to ask your team if there are any open loops that you have with them. This is particularly true if you're a leader, because one of the things that will happen if you don't plan carefully for it is that there will be decisions that someone needs you to approve or make and you're kind of the last stop on the train and if you're not aware that those are coming up then they're going to call you for those but if they know in advance they can make sure to kind of accelerate them and get them on your desk get your decision so that you can leave and everything's taken care of um, I, I like to create an emergency plan of action this is something that um, dad I think we did for the first time for you a few years back I'm trying to remember how many years ago that was I remember just like writing it up on the whiteboard. Uh, we created a list of qualifying issues. And it was really very concrete things like if uh, this person quits, you know, or if this kind of PR situation happens, or if this type of a financial result occurs. Um, It was very defined, very clear. If any of these things happen, then I want to be called. And what's great about creating that kind of list is that you know if no one's calling you, none of those things have happened. So it takes away that constant conversation in your head that sounds like, I wonder if everything's okay. I wonder, you know, are we doing okay or are they still producing like they would if I were there? Well, if you've already set it up so that if there's some kind of threshold and things aren't going well, then you're going to be called. Then you know if nobody's called you, then it's okay. I remember a couple of years ago, um, I was on a sabbatical out west and I had done this uh, exercise, you know, made a list of the things that I would have considered emergencies. And we had someone uh, resign that was very key, got just an unbelievable offer that was um, really a gift to her family. We're really excited for her, but she was a key person where he didn't have a redundancy. And so I got that phone call, you know, and actually I probably spent a total of maybe an hour over two days talking about how we were going to handle it, you know, whether or not there was anything we could do. And we realized there really wasn't. And, you know, we decided that, um, you know, we we're just going to cheer her on and we were excited for her. And that was so helpful to know because for the rest of the vacation, I didn't get any more calls and I knew everything was fine. So I think this is one of the best strategies you can use if you feel like you struggle to unplug because you're anxious if everything's going okay. You just have to make sure to align your key people around this list. You know, usually there's one person, it's kind of your right-hand person that you give this list to and they're in charge of managing the list. Um, And it gives you so much peace of mind. It really does. I would say to add to that, I would also inform other people like colleagues, maybe your top clients or customers. You know, it's all about expectations. And as long as they're not surprised, you tell them what you're going to do, why you're going to do it, and then give them how they can proceed with business in your absence. Most people are fine with that. And then, of course, you got to do, you know, the right out of office messages and all that. And this is a little bit 
crazy, but um, I actually put a message on my inbox, on my email inbox that says, thanks for your message. I'm on a sabbatical. I'm going to delete all the messages that come into this inbox. And uh, if this issue is still unresolved in 30 days when I get back, then write to me again. Because what? here's what I don't want to do. And I, and I give the rationale. So Nick's looking at me like I'm crazy. But, <laughs> but what I say, I, I say, look, I have, I have not done this in the past. And I've come through to a bucket load of email inbox messages that I've had to work through, which sometimes makes me wonder if taking the vacation was worth it. And the worst part is 90% of those issues are resolved. They've been taken care of. You know, when people get your out of office message, they, they're smart people. They figure out another route, they get it taken care of. So even this time I did that and there was not one response, not one thing that came to me after my sabbatical. Why? Because all of it got taken care of. By the way, um, Larry, let's put a link in the show notes to the blog post where the exact mechanics of how to do that in your email client are outlined uh, because it's not hard to do, but it is a little technical. So uh, I think people would appreciate knowing exactly how they can do that for themselves. Yeah, we sure will. So if you don't want to wait for the show notes, you can actually just go to michaelhyatt.com and the article, if you can just put it in the search bar, is called How to Unplug While You're on Vacation. And it gives all the details on how to set this up in your email. Okay, so I'm really excited to hear from Nick. Nick is our producer. And um, Nick has been hearing us talk about vacations and sabbaticals for some time. You know, one of the liabilities or one of the assets, you know, I'll let Nick articulate which it is, but sitting in on these podcasts is he gets to be exposed to a lot of content. So he decided, I didn't even know he was doing this until I, until we got on the session today, that he also took the month of July off as his first ever 30-day sabbatical. So Nick, Give us a report. Well, I want to just tell people that it is possible, and I've done various versions of like two weeks off. But the problem with that in the past was I had to do all of this work ahead of time in order to take the time off. So the two weeks before the time off was just like I told my family, it's like, I'll see you in a week. Like I'm too busy. You know, I'm having to produce all this content. But two things happened this year is I hired an assistant editor. And I really empowered everybody to make decisions on their own. And so not only was this my first full month, I went from like July 2nd to August 3rd, but it was the first time that we'd had content produced. There were like 30 episodes of content produced away from me. Wow. And it was like, I didn't even, and I got back and I was like, I looked at the list and when I didn't know what, you know, clients felt really empowered to keep sending us stuff that we didn't miss a step. And so um, it was, it is a thing that can happen. And I had a client yesterday email me and ask, can you teach me how to take July's off? Which was like a real, <laughs> but like a real win. So I just want to say that it, it, I feel great coming back. And, and to get back to what you said earlier, Michael, you know, it used to be that I would take these vacations and I would dread the email box. Like just you sit there and you go, oh my God, this is where all the fires are. And if I don't look at it, then it's not, I haven't given it any oxygen. It's not burning yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to have someone, I didn't know that idea of deleting your emails and telling people I think is amazing. And of course, I have an assistant who was kind of tracking it. But uh, I just want to suggest everybody, and one more tip, I have an 11-year-old, so not everyone can do this. For one day, I, I told uh, my fiance, I told, I just said, I want to have a no parenting day. And I prepped him for a couple of days. I was like, on Friday, <laughs> I'm not parenting you at all. 
<laughs> That's amazing. That's and, a total breakthrough. And, and I know that, you know, there's certain ages you can't do this or whatever. But we just talked about, like, what does that mean you need to do? What is that? We're stuck here. So it was just, there was no escape. Can't send him to his grandparents. Can't, couldn't go to summer camp. And I just was like, we need a day where I can just do the thing. And it was great. You know, it really was like a fun kind of thing he could like live up to. Um, so all in all, everybody should do it. I feel amazing. Took walks every day. Um, and it's it's very, very possible even with my little small team. Yeah, funny story uh, that you reminded me of is when I got back, of course, the first question I have as a business owner is what's our cash position? And as it turned out, our cash position was better than when I left. And I said, what's the forecast for the end of the year in terms of profit? And it actually had increased in my absence. And the first thing I said to Megan is I said, boy, sounds like the best thing I could do is leave for another 30 days. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. Well, today we've learned that every leader can enjoy a rejuvenating vacation, even during the pandemic when travel is uh, difficult or impossible, by following these four steps. One, state the outcome you're looking for. Two, get in touch with your why. Three, plan your rejuvenation. And four, plan for your absence. Final thoughts today? Well, I would just say you need this. If you're listening to this episode and you're like most people, you probably have had very little time off this year so far, and you need this to lead at the highest level possible. I mean, the the leadership challenges that we're all facing in this year are extraordinary. And the only way that you're going to be able to rise to the occasion is if you're rested, if you have access to your best thinking, your most creative and innovative thinking, if you're able to you know, align your team and on and on. And to do that, you need to be rested. So I would just encourage you to give this a try, prioritize it, and then make it a priority for your team. Yeah. And I would say something similar, and that is don't take a vacation. Don't take a sabbatical unless you want to be more focused, more creative, more productive, more rested, get your sanity back, connect meaningfully with family and friends. You know, if the, none of those are priority, don't take a vacation. But if they are, you absolutely must, the sooner the better. Michael and Megan and Nick, thank you all for sharing this encouragement. I think really giving us all permission to do the thing that we really need to do. So thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Megan and Nick. And thank you all for joining us today. And we'll see you right here next week. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's latest best-selling book, The Vision Driven Leader. Order your copy for free bonuses today at leadto.win/vision.